0: So I started out this morning when I when I when I went to bed last night, I started out with something that I had, and it was in the 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 promo that I sent out saying, "Hey, this is what we're going to do this morning." And it was called a spiritual checkup, and I'm thinking, "Oh, we're look, we're gonna we're gonna shake the foundation of the world with the one that I'm doing tomorrow morning." And I get up this morning, and the guy says, "No, that's not what you're doing." He's done this to me before. He said, that's not what you're doing. You're going to do something else. I'm like, oh, I was all prepared. But he doesn't always let me be all prepared. Sometimes he lets me be all confuddled so that I'm speaking for him. Not through the polished words that I've written down and and, and stored up. As I was in the shower this morning, and this is totally unrelated, As I was in a shower this morning, a word hit me. It says, up here, it was just me in my head. It said, don't look for perfection in the imperfections. Now, when I say he had already changed the message, he had already done it when I went to shower, I've I've got it done, I'm ready to go. I'm wondering, Lord, I was going to shake the world with the one I had this morning. He said, nope, don't look for perfection in the imperfection. And that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Not those words, no, no. But we're going to look at perfectly imperfect. That's what we're going to look at today. All right, let's uh, open in prayer. Father, as we go into this time this morning, Lord, uh, help me to do justice to what you ask me to put across. Help me, Lord, to speak clearly, concisely, cleanly. Help me, Lord, to not ramble, to stop when it's time to stop. But, Lord, when it's time to speak, give me the courage to speak the truth you would have me speak. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning, we were going to do a spiritual checkup. We were going to shake the foundations of the world with what I had prepared. God said, no, you're not. So we're going to do something else this morning. It was on short short uh, timing. So I'm going to do my best with what he gave me. We're going to talk about Saul, Samson, Solomon, and me. Now, the very first thing you you, you ask me is, how dare you equate yourself with the heroes, heroes of the faith? How dare you equate yourself with the people in the Bible? Well, I can sin just as fast as they can. I can walk away from God just as fast as they did. (laughs) I can go forth in my own strength just as they did. So, yeah, I can equate myself to them in that respect. I really can. So Saul, Samson, Solomon and me, four men with very differing lives, yet all have one thing in common. At one time or another in their lives, they all left God. They forgot he was the reason for everything in their lives. The victories, the successes, the power. He was that reason and sometimes they forgot that. Samson was dedicated by his parents he was dedicated to the service of the lord god said he's going to be this and his parents did it god said i want him to do this and his parents said okay samson was to be a deliverer of god's people he had strength he had godly parents he had a purpose in life but he chose to act in the power of his own word Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, tasked with building the temple of God, Solomon's temple. Not Most people know Solomon's temple. We call it the temple of God, but his name, his legacy still lives in Solomon's temple. Solomon wasn't all that perfect. Saul, the very first king of Israel, when they decided they need a king to rule over them instead of, of God, they were given a tall, handsome man A goodly, in fact, God even says, the goodliest man in Israel at that time. That's what God says about Saul. All these men, when they were young, and I mean young, young, they were fervent in the Lord. By all accounts, they had a good family, godly parents, and a firm grounding in the faith. All of them. But what's the one thing they all had in common? And I mean them personally to their characteristic. They all left God he did not leave them they left him and his path samson chased after strange women caused his own downfall solomon chased after wine women and song all the pleasures the earth heads offer solomon chased saul saul listened to the voice of the people saul saw the people getting upset and he chose to do the sacrifice instead of waiting on Samuel, the high priest who was supposed to do the sacrifice. Saul listened to the voice of people, made foolish vows, caused the people to sin with a foolish vow. Cowered in his tent when the challenge from a Goliath came, and Saul disobeyed God. These three men, they all had a purpose in life, ordained by God, and they they all started out right and good, And then they got out into the world, and they forgot for a moment what they were supposed to do, what they were there for. Samson came to his senses after being blinded and tied to the pillars. His last act was a return to God and his purpose. Solomon, in his old age, returned to the Lord after finding out that life is vanity. He wrote Proverbs. He wrote Ecclesiastes. He wrote books of wisdom for those coming behind that they can escape the pitfalls, the traps. And I don't know if you've ever studied um, Proverbs on a regular basis, but it is a book that will help you get through life. It really will. Saul was replaced by David, never got over his disobedience, mainly because he never realized that he had lost God's blessing on his life and never returned to God. Saul never returned to God. Solomon did. Samson did. Saul did not. Saul, Solomon, Samson me how many times have we heard and seen this same story in today's world those who go astray and come back those who go astray and blame everybody for everything but themselves anything that has done in your life is your choice period i was raised in a church i was saved at the age of eight or nine 46-ish, it gets longer and longer, 46-ish years ago, it's hard to remember the age. I don't remember if it was eight or nine. I really don't. It was not 78, I believe. I do remember Christ and I meeting, giving him my heart and my life. I also remember the baptism in the Merrimack River uh, on a Saturday. I think it was a Saturday. I remember. I remember the baptism. I remember going forward. I remember the salvation. I don't remember the age. I don't remember but I do remember the church. It was in Union, Missouri that all that happened. Then I felt the call to serve at 15. And then things happened in my life and I left God. He never left me. I took my life back into my own hands. And that was a mistake. I can't tell you how many times over the next few years that I ignored his voice. Quite a few. Then I returned to the church, wait, but did not yet return to God. There is a difference. Big difference. I served in the church, taught Sunday school, drove vans, did a little bit of everything. Then things happened, and once again, I walked away. But then I realized some time ago that I never truly went back. I was serving the church, but not The God of the church. For years, I fought against his voice. Even though I knew there was so much more he had for me, I refused blaming him for what people had done in my life. What people had done to me. Yet it was always my fault for reacting wrong and walking out of his will. That's on me. What they did is not on me. My reaction, that's on me. They made their decisions and I made mine. I will answer for mine not for theirs no matter how affected I was by their choices their decisions I have to answer for mine now I'm in my early 50s I'm finally doing what God asked me to do so long ago I'm serving through writings the radio I have a radio station out there the preaching uh, and the word God gives me the podcast the live stream the radio station we have the writings I have We're we're serving through all this soon. We're gonna have a physical location. We're serving through all of this, but it took me forty some years to get to this point I am no longer serving the church. I am no longer serving a church I am now serving God in the work that he has called me to do Because it is my purpose that he gave to me Samson had a purpose Samson chose to do things in his own power, and it cost him his life. Solomon decided to do things in his own power, his own wisdom. Saul did things in his own power. Samson and Solomon and I returned. Saul did not. Now, don't get me wrong, Samson died, but he returned the last few minutes before, and his greatest victory was in his death. Solomon returned, but his actions caused some serious problems for the rest of history. Saul never returned. It's personal choices there. Like so many others, I left God. Things happened in my life, and I left him instead of clinging, and clinging tighter to the cross and leaning on him. That's my fault. My reaction is what makes me who or what I am, not what someone else does. When we let circumstances dictate what we are, who we are, what we do... Instead of God and His Word, we will always fail. We cannot let people and circumstances dictate to us. We must let God and His Word tell us how to live, tell us how to react. And many of us fail in that respect. When we let sick, uh, when Samson, Solomon, and Saul, they left God. They turned their backs on Him. How often do we do the same? How many times have we turned a bad situation in our life? into a catastrophe because we react in the flesh and in our own understanding. Of course, that assumes that we understand what is happening. I mean, seriously, sometimes things happening you're not quite sure what's going on. You should step back and not react, but we do anyway. Many times we don't understand why things are happening, and instead of waiting on God, we lash out. We blindly give up instead of trusting God. And I think a lot of people out there know what I'm talking about. Instead, we turn to alcohol, drugs, sex, or some such nonsense. We turn to temporal comfort instead of resting on him and his word. Many of us react wrongly. But God forgives. God heals. God doesn't take away the consequences of the actions. He doesn't. But he forgives us. He restores us to fellowship with him. Then what can we do? Through our past experiences, just as Solomon, we can teach others of the pitfalls, the dangers, the redemptive road back, the loving mercy and grace of the Father. We make mistakes, we choose wrong, we walk away, whatever. When we come back, we are reestablished in that relationship. We can then use our very own experiences to teach others, to lift others up, to make people better through our example now i'm not telling you to sit there and glorify your past i'm telling you to recognize that you have a past the redemptive work of god works for everybody best who has a past because those who don't have a past don't feel they need as much if you have a past you can speak specifically to people that went through that you can speak specifically to people who are going through that Through our past experience, just as Solomon with Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, we can teach others of the pitfalls, the dangers, the redemptive road back. We can tell of God's mercy, God's grace. We can tell of his never-ending love. Why? Because he still loves us. After what we've done, after where we've been, after how we walked away, we can cultivate our testimony, blending our mistakes and our failures With our testimony, blending them, not letting the mistakes and failures overshadow, but they are still a part of us. Therefore, they're a part of our testimony to be a witness to those coming behind. Those going where we were to help them through their trials. There is no going back and undoing all the harm we did to ourselves and others. None. You can't go back and fix a thing. I once said if we could get a time machine and go back and fix something we'd be so busy going back and fixing everything we wouldn't live in the the day that we have today everything that happened before made us who we are don't revel in it but understand it cultivate it and grow your testimony from your mistakes there's not one single perfect person on this planet other than Jesus If anybody says they are, if anybody looks down on your sin, don't look in their closets, huh? Right. There is no making up for lost time. There's not. There is no quick fix. There is no easy fix. There is only today and what we are doing with our testimony, our purpose, today. What happened yesterday is yesterday's business. Today is today. You can't fix yesterday. You can't do anything about tomorrow. Live in today. Use your testimony today. You lie yesterday? Okay, forgive or ask forgiveness. You gossip yesterday? Ask forgiveness. You go out and have that beer? You give in to that temptation? Ask forgiveness. Move on. Today is a new day to stand firm and stand in God and not do it again. He said, go and sin no more. He didn't say, live in the past begged for forgiveness. He said, go and sin no more. That's your testimony. I can't even say that now I react righteously to things going on. I can only say, I can only say my God has never left me nor yet given up on me. And that is my testimony. I am not a good man. I am definitely not a righteous man. I'm just a man. A sinner saved by grace and allowed to serve my God in the way that he has given me. Thank God that he forgives me daily. He is truly a merciful God who knows me inside and out. Despite who I was, despite who I am, he allows me to still be a small part of his purpose. Perfection will never be attained in this world perfection will never be attained in this life quit looking for perfection in the imperfect never gonna happen holiness will be acquired one day at a time there will be setbacks and there will still be sin in my life John says if you say you have no sin You're a liar, and there's no truth in you. (laughs) And John's right. Yet through his grace and his mercy, I may live and serve and be a testimony for him and his love. He loves the drunkard laying in the gutter. He loves the drunkard living in your home. He loves the drunkard watching this right now. He loves the sinner watching this. He loves the sinner talking about this. He loves you, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, in the gutter or in the palace, He loves you. Perfection will never be attained in this world. Yet through His grace and His mercy, I may live and serve and be a testimony for Him and His love. If He can love and use me, as broken as I am, hence the name Church of the Broken, what can he do with you? A life fully devoted to him. If he can love me and use me, then he can forgive anyone and restore them to his fellowship. I can be a beacon of light to those who feel that they are too bad, too damaged, too set in their ways, too old, too scarred, too far gone. I can be that beacon. If God can pull me back, he can get you back. Once we realize we cannot attain a thing in our own flesh, in our own strength, we can be a beacon. Once we realize everything we've done doesn't matter, only what we do for him, we can be a beacon. Once we realize that there is none righteous, no, not one, we can be a beacon. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We can be a beacon. <clears throat> For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever calleth upon, upon him shall be saved. Shall have everlasting life. I shortened it to saved. I know I paraphrased. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whomsoever calleth upon him might be a beacon. Hide thine words in my heart that I might not sin against thee. I can be a beacon. First John 1 John nine. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and to restore us to fellowship. If you fall... If you sin, if you walk away, there is a way to get back to him. You may walk a mile away, but he's right there beside you. It's only a step back to get to him. You may go that way for years and years, and then step back, and you're right back at his side. He never left you. He's right there waiting for you just to turn away from that and head back towards him. It's a simple step. It's an easy step, but it is the hardest step you'll take. pray, confess the sin, and move on. Get over it. You're going to face consequences. You're going to face actions. You're going to face a little loss of testimony. You're going to face a little loss of trust. You will, but let me tell you something. I would rather face a little loss of truth, or a little loss of testimony, a little loss of of uh, 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 effectiveness, I'd rather face a little than walk away and lose everything because what happens if I walk away and the 700 people who listen to me listen to somebody else that's going to tell them the wrong thing I would rather fall, confess and move back than fall, confess, walk away and affect seven, 800 other people my testimony is my testimony and that's more important to me than anything else I'm not perfect, I will fall I'm not perfect, I will sin. I am not perfect, I will get angry. But I can confess and be right back by his side. How many people, if you don't confess, how many people, if you don't get right back with God, will be affected by that and not for the good? No matter what has happened, no matter what is happening, God will forgive and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If you fall, If you sin, there is a way to get back to him. Pray, confess, move on. Face the consequences, but don't live in it. He doesn't say go to church and admit your sin. He doesn't. He doesn't say the confessional booth. No, he says confess to him and he will forgive. No matter what is happening, God will forgive. As long as there's repentance. If you confess your sin, confess your sin means speak with your mouth. Father, what I just did, I agree with you. It's wrong. It is sin. Forgive me. Cleanse me. You must understand that what you did is sin exactly as He sees it. That's what confession is. Confession is not, oh, I'm sorry and moving on. That's not confession. That's remorse because you got caught. You have to f- confess it as sin. See it as sin. See it as He does. Once you get into His Word and He's showing you His ways, you're going to see the sin the way He sees it. That's what you confess. You don't go, I'm sorry. No. No, no. It must be pure, unadulterated confession, unadulterated remorse, unadulterated. As ashamedness that's not a word but that's what i'm saying ashamedness at what you did that you sinned and you let god down once you do that you confess your sin he will restore you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness you cannot forgive you you can't when you cannot let it go all y'all out there have something that you can't let go All y'all out there have something you keep reliving in your mind. How do I know? Because I do the same thing. I have memories from 12 years old. (laughs) I did something. I mean, it's just inanities. It was 12. But it pops up. I can't let it go, but God has forgiven me. That's what I need. And eventually, he's going to clear it of me if I keep asking him to. When you cannot forgive you, when you cannot let it go, When you cannot release yourself from the guilt, call on him, confess to him, name it as sin, turn, repent, and move on. Don't let the adversary get the best of you and keep you dwelling in that area. God will restore you to fellowship. Satan will try to bring you back down into the miry depths that he's in. Samson never let go, never figured out it was God doing all the winning. Samson never let go. He held on to his strength. He held on to his abilities. He never let go and gave himself to God. Never confessed his sin. They put his eyes out. And at the very end, when he finally figured out it was all God, he had a mighty victory. It cost him his life. But he finally figured it out. Solomon learned late in life, what God did is what matters. Solomon figured out late in life that nothing else. Matters all his vanity Solomon figured out God and what he did for you what you do for him That's what matters Saul never ever figured out God was the one who gave the crown to him God never figured that out even though that's what Samuel told him Saul feared the people thinking they were the ones that had chosen him king Saul never returned to God He died a miserable shell of a man. Don't let this happen to you. If you've fallen, if you have walked away, if you have sinned, if you're not living as God has said to live as his child, repent, confess your sin, and get back to him. The journey can be for years that way. One step back this way is all it takes to get back to him. That's it. Don't be Saul, who never, ever figured it out. Solomon figured it out too late, not too late, late. He he turned his life around. He trained future generations. We are still being inspired by Solomon. Samson figured it out, but it was too late. He died. But he died knowing God. He died knowing that it was God who had done everything for him, And he was the one who had done everything that had been done to him. There's a difference. Samson figured it out just before he died. Solomon figured it out long enough to turn generations around. Saul never figured it out. Your choice. This is it. Your choice. Who are you going to be? If you walked away, are you going to say, I'm too far gone? You're not. Are you going to say, I'm too old? You're not. Are you going to say, I've sinned too much? No, you haven't. Jesus loves you. No matter where you're at. He can use you no matter what stage of life you're in. You went through a divorce, God can use you. You went through a divorce, you're going to the world because nobody will accept you, nobody will love you. Jesus loves you. If there's a heart that's broken, Jesus loves you. If there's a life torn apart by drugs, Jesus loves you. If there's alcohol, you drink yourself to sleep every night, Jesus loves you. And if you don't do any of those things, you're just living over here because you don't think God will accept you back. (laughs) Jesus loves you. You think you're good enough? God doesn't need, or you don't need God? You do. Turn back to him. Don't be Saul, who never returned. Don't be Samson, who turned around and just before he died. Don't get me wrong. Samson enacted a mighty punishment from God on the Philistines. He did. But you have so much life ahead of you, and only what you do for God matters. Turn back to Him. Get back on the path. There's a whole world out there that you can teach and instruct with what you've gone through. Turn back to God. Confess your sins. And He will cleanse you from all unrighteousness.